Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book of Kings, Malachim Bet. We are in the middle of Perak Yudches, that's chapter 18. We are about to read verse 17. As we read in the first half of the chapter, Chizkiyahu, Hezekiah, has now um, taken the throne. He reversed all of the evil um, idol worship and corruption that had been rampant in the time of his father Ahaz, destroyed all of the uh, sacrificial altars that were scattered throughout the land, focused the people only on the altar that in the, was in the temple, and turned the people towards towards God, towards the knowledge of the um, of what is the basis of monotheism, is that is, is that it is not sacrifices, it is not um, uh, uh, superstition that brings one closer to God, but it is one's behavior, it is how one lives. It is important, and then we, we learned of Chizkiyahu's alliances with those nations that were tried to rebel against Assyria. We learned how he rebelled against Assyria at a weak point in the time of the Assyrian kingdom. However, now Sancherev, who is now the king, uh, the, the king of the Assyrian Empire, is aggressively uh, asserting his dominance over the area. And one by one, he is destroying all of these nations with whom Chizkiyahu had made these alliances. Um, we also know from this time period that the e Egyptians, whom this alliance was looking to for superpower support, was also taken down by the Assyrians in a, a major battle, um, at, I think, at El Takei, um, where which is recorded in the annals of the Assyrian Empire. Uh, now, uh, uh, we left where we left off last. Assyria had conquered. Uh, the Judean countryside, especially and, and, and most importantly, the large cities other than Jerusalem, and most significant was the city of Lachish. Uh, and we discussed that last time. The Assyrians have now conquered Lachish, and um, the people of Israel are left with just the capital, Jerusalem. And in the capital, Jerusalem, we learned how Chizkiyahu had prepared the city for the siege by building walls, adding extra neighborhoods to Jerusalem, making it the, the size of the city much larger, absorbing refugees from the countryside, absorbing refugees that had come from the northern kingdom, and also created a water system to allow the people to withstand the siege. This is the point where we left off last time, and it, 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 it would be important. Th this next one, is, we're going to see a, a um, uh, kind of a, a spiritual or a theological debate going on between the leaders of the Assyrians, of the Assyrian army, and the and Yeshayahu, Isaiah, who leads the um, spiritual aspect of Chizkiyahu's um, uh, revolutionary, uh, well, not revolutionary so much, but changes back to what Judaism is really supposed to be. And I just want to, uh, before we read what Rav Shakeh, Rav Shakeh is, we're going to hear about him in just a minute, has to say to the people of Jerusalem as the head of the Assyrian army, let's see at this point what it is that Isaiah is telling the people at this very point. In the first chapter of Isaiah, which took place at this very time, during the time when Lachish had fallen, the people had retreated into Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is now um, under siege. Uh, Chizkiyahu has 
paid tribute to the Assyrians, but that didn't work. The Assyrians want to conquer Jerusalem anyway. What was Isaiah telling the people then, right? So Isaiah was telling the people then, if we look at chapter 1, verse 11, Why do I need, I don't need all of your, your, um, your sacrifices, says God. I have had enough of your uh, burnt offerings of rams and the fatted up uh, cat, cattle. Vidam parim and the blood of cows and sheep and in and in baby goats and lambs. I'm just not interested. But when you come to see me, in other words, emphasizing coming to the temple only. I don't want all of these sacrifices that you were doing on all of these bamot and all of these um, altars. When you come to see me, me who wants this from you to come and trample in my yard and just bring these animals, right? Uh, don't bring me all this. I'm not interested in all of this. I mean, and, and he goes on and on, and I says, I'm not going to listen to you, but rather, what, what do I want? I want you to wash yourselves clean. Get rid of the evils of your ways. from before me. Stop doing evil. Learn Learn well, right? Dirshu um, Mishpat, I need you to seek justice. Ashru Chamotz, I need you to straighten out that which was wrong. Shiftu Yasom, give justice and judgment to the orphan. Rivu Almana, and fight for the widow. In other words, this is what I want. This is the message that Isaiah is giving the people at this very time. Don't look to the sacrifices. Don't look to the... Um, uh, and I skipped over a few verses, you know, uh, of uh, the rituals. Um, but 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 fix yourselves, do good, right? Um, and then God says, "If you if your sins are are red like crimson, they'll be whitened and cleaned like snow, and so on." So these are the that that's the message that Ishayahu Isaiah is giving the people at this very time, as Chizkiyahu has the people focus. Uh, you know, and, and as we've stated on several occasions, the point of the worship in the temple was to draw the people away from that type of worship, um, from the type of worship of, of sacrificing, you know, which, which people thought would bring about some kind of benefit by somehow appeasing God. This is not what the goal of the Torah is. Now, um, however, Rav Shakeh is going to have a very different message at this time. So here we have the people, the, 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 um, the, uh, the countryside is destroyed. The major cities of Judah, with the exception of Jerusalem, have been destroyed and conquered. By Yishlach, Yishchizkiyahu has paid tribute, but that wasn't enough. And here comes the Assyrian army encamped against Jerusalem. The terrible event that Chizkiyahu and, and, and those that supported him had been preparing for and the new was inevitably going to come. By Yishlach Melach Ashur, this is verse 17, the king of Assyria sent Estartan, the um, Esravsoris, so these are titles of um, various Assyrian officials, and the Ravsaris, uh, some, you could translate the head of the eunuchs, or the Esaris could also mean the assistance of the king, the head. The Esravshoke, and Ravshoke, this could be a title. This could actually be his name. He sent them. They were with him in Min La, in at Lachish, where he had just conquered. He sent them in Lachish, El Melachis 
to the king Chizkiyahu, Bechel Kaved, with a very large army accompanying them, Yerushalayim, towards Jerusalem. Vayalu vayavu Yerushalayim, and they went, and and they went up to the, you know, to the Jerusalem. Vayalu vayavu vayamdu b'toalas abrecha aliona, and they went and they encamped and they stood at the um. Uh, uh, at the to Allah is like an aqueduct of the upper pool, Asher b'misilat stekoves, which was in the uh, uh, the path of the field of the those that washed uh, clothing. So this this was um, where they camped. Vayikru el hamelach and they called out to the king. Of course, the king himself sent a messenger. Vayetze so Chizkiyahu sent Vayetze leim el yakim ben Chizkiyahu asher halabayis. Eliakim, the son of Chilkiyoh, who was in charge of the king's house, Veshevna Hasofer, and Shevna, the <coughs> scribe. Shevna is a scribe whom uh, archaeology has actually identified um, his name uh, in, 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 in writings from this contemporary period in Jerusalem. Vioach ben Asaf Hamazkir, and Yoach, the son of Asaf, who was the recorder. So they went to greet the... Um, these men who were there with a in very large, intimidating army. And Rav Shakeh said to them, This is the message that I, you should bring to Hezekiah, to Chizkiyah. So says the great king, the king of Assyria. What is this trust in which you are having trust? In other words, what is with you guys, right? Um, as we're going to see in a moment, what they wanted was capitulation to Assyria, capitulate to Assyrian ways of life, capitulate to Assyria. We want to take Jerusalem away as a potential source of power which can challenge Assyria and exile the, the leadership uh, to Assyria. This is what they wanted, as we'll see in, in later verses, which we're going to read soon. And um, capitulate. What is it that you have trust in? In other words, because you can hear from Rav Shakeh that it was evident that they understood that this was a theological and moral battle as much as it was a political one. You, you are trying to say that we are going to be here and worship God. We have a higher mission, a higher cause, and we're not about to give it up. We're going to stand for it. We're going to stand even to our deaths, even because that's inevitably what's going to happen if you don't capitulate. Right, but we believe in what it is that we are promoting, promoting the life which Isaiah had described. The the religious leadership of Jerusalem at the time had said, "No, we are not going to capitulate and do and worship God in the ways that everyone else in the world today is doing, and the way Assyria is doing through violence, through uh, conquering other lands, through oppression. That is not what we stand for. We stand for." Justice for the widow, making right what's wrong, helping those that need the most help. This is what we stand for. So what exactly is this? What is this belief that you believe in? What is this trust that you have faith in? Um, right? You think that just the words of your lips is a good advice for doing war? In other words, you think that through your ideas, that that's how you're going to win fights, right? Right? You don't win fights like that. You win fights with might, with swords, with with bows and arrows, with with horses and 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 chariots. That's how you win wars, not with with this 
these, these ideas that you think you're going to bring into the world? What exactly, upon whom it is it that you're having faith, that you're having trust, <coughs> that you decided you were going to rebel against me? Like, what is this? This doesn't make any sense to me. Every other group, you know, either they, they mustered up the strength that they could and then fought and lost in almost all cases with, with Assyria, um, or they capitulated. But you are standing tall for some kind of idea? Like, what is this? So then he thinks to himself, right, Rav Shakeh can't even imagine that these people are standing up for an idea, for a philosophy, for something, for something deeper, something much more important, something they're willing to die for. So then he starts to say, well, oh, maybe you'd have faith in Egypt and you think they're going to rescue you. Are you having faith at this at that um, on the, the, the walking stick the, that you lean upon, which is really just a a um, a um, a reed that bends and breaks uh, on Egypt? In other words, you're using Egypt as your stick to lean upon. And you think they're going to come to your help? They're just a kone ratzutz. They're just a leaning stick that's you're going to lean on them, but they're going to bend and break. They're not going to back you up. I share you some love the kind that people lean upon. However, it doesn't help you. Instead of helping you, it ends up just just scraping and poking your hand. That is what Paro Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to all of, is to all of those who have faith in him. You can't trust him. He's not going to save you. And then you're going to say, you're going to tell me, you're relying on your God. And remember, Rav Shakeh can't imagine an idea of a God, right? Like Isaiah is teaching, a God that stands up for justice, for righteousness, a God that stands against oppression. But rather, he, when he thinks of a God, he thinks of a God that you appease with sacrifices. So he says, You had all of these altars all over the place where you were sacrificing to God, and Chizkiyahu took them away. That God is, doesn't like you anymore. You took away all of the worship. The people were worshiping him. And God, and, and, and then what did Chizkiyahu say? The king said, only here, only in this temple can you bow to me. And Rav Shakeh is hinting that Chizkiyahu did this selfishly, right? He wanted everyone to come and bow to him, right? Rather than sacrifice to God all over the place because Rav Shakeh couldn't imagine the, the, the idea, the philosophy that Judaism was here to bring to the world, the entire purpose of the Torah, the entire purpose of the nation of, of Judah, the nation of Yehuda, was to teach the world that that's not what this is about. It's not about sacrifices. It's not about might and power. And it's definitely not about oppression. So uh, before this, this Mizbeach, before this altar, uh, only here should you bow in Jerusalem. So God, that God's not with you, says Rav Shakeh. So now, and, and then what, what do you think? You think you have a power, right? So you're not, you can't rely on Egypt. You can't rely on your God. So not, maybe, maybe you have a strong army. What? I, I'll bet you, he says. Uh, I'll make you a wager, a bet with the king of Assyria. I'll give you 2,000 horses, right? I'll just give them to you. Let's see if you even have enough riders that are skilled enough to ride those horses. You don't even have that. So how do you think you can fight? How could you um, um, turn back and refuse 
the the the, re- the requests of even one of the lowly officers of 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 the uh, uh, of my master. But tiftach l'chal mitzrayim, and instead you have faith on Egypt. Remember, Afshkei can't even imagine the faith that the people had in God, which was a faith that the people were willing to to risk their lives for, because of the idea is so important, is so basic to their purpose that they're ready to stand up for it despite the overwhelming odds. Ata now hamin adonai right? And the bottom line, he says, do you think that we have our strength without God, right? God is with us, says Rav Shakeh of Assyria. He's the one that gives us the strength to destroy all of these lands. I came here to destroy Jerusalem because God is on our side. God is the one who told us to come to this land and destroy it. All of this time, Rav Shakeh was speaking in Hebrew. He was speaking in a language that the people of Jerusalem could hear because he wanted to demoralize them. He wanted the people to hear what he was saying. So they said, Don't speak to us in our language in Hebrew. Speak to us in Aramaic, which is the language of the Assyrian Empire. People can hear us. Don't speak with us the Jewish language. Uh, when, when the people are able to listen, the people that are at the walls of the city listening to you talk. We don't want them to hear this demoralizing talk. said to them, He just ignored them. He ignored that request. He said, um, Do you think that I'm trying to convey this message to your leader? What do you think? I'm stupid. It's not your leader that I'm speaking to. I want to speak to the people. I want the people to to get the message and and then dump their leader. The people should rebel against their leader, right? I, I don't want them to be loyal to Chizkiyahu. I want them to hear common sense. To speak these things, the main thing is to speak to the population, to speak to the people. I want them to lose faith in their leadership. Because those people are now under siege Eating their 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 um, excrement and drinking their 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 own urine because they're suffering. They're suffering, and they'll hear my words. Those are the ones that I want to hear because those are the ones that are going to rebel against their king. So Rav then stood up. It seems it sounds like he got up on a pedestal in a place where people could hear, and he called out in a loud voice in the Jewish language. And he spoke and he said, Everyone, hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. <coughs> so says the king. Don't let Chizkiyahu, don't let your king Hezekiah um, uh, trick you and deceive you and lead you. He is unable to save you from the hands of the king of Assyria. He has nothing. <coughs> And don't let Chizkiyahu um, give you and give you faith and teach you about faith and reliance upon God and and have him tell you that God will save us. That the city will not fall into the hands of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to your king Hezekiah. Because this is what the king says. What is it that we want? Do with me um, 
make uh, peace with me, Utsu Eli, exit the city, in other words, surrender, and come with me and we will exile you to Assyria where you can all sit under your vine and eat your fig tree. The, the words that are used often uh, by the prophets to refer to a time in the future when people are at peace. And Rav Shekeh is saying, you can have peace, just join Assyria. Stop being foolish and standing under Chizkiyahu. And if you come, I will take you to a land, a land which is just like yours, Eretz, a land that is full of grain and wine, Eretz, Lechem, Ukramim, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of flowing oil and, and, and honey, and you will live and you will not die. Don't listen to your king, because he is. Um, he is uh, misleading you by telling you that God will save us. <laughs> Did any of the other gods of these other nations save their land when, when the king of Assyria conquered them? You know, they all fell. <laughs> Where are the gods of Hamas? <laughs> the gods of Sepharvayim, Heina, and Eva. Did they save Samaria from me, right? Shomron. In other words, I conquered all of these lands. Where are those gods? Why do you think your god is any better than theirs? Right? Who among those gods were able to save their lands from me that you think that God should save Jerusalem from me, from my hand? The people were silent. And they didn't answer him. They didn't engage in this debate. Why? Because the king had commanded them not to engage, not to debate him. This is fascinating because despite this speech, one would think that he would demoralize the people. But Chizkiyahu's leadership was such that the people actually w- remained loyal. They remained loyal, they remained faithful, and they understood the importance of this time. The people of Jerusalem stood with their leader despite the terrible suffering that they were going through and despite this demoralizing speech and despite this offer of supposed peace, we all know that it wouldn't quite have been such a wonderful place if they gave themselves up to be enslaved by the Assyrians and, and exiled. It wasn't, wouldn't exactly have been a, a five-star vacation. But here they were at this time. Now the army has laid siege to Jerusalem. The people of Jerusalem are suffering. Hezekiah is now the king and he is leading them against Assyria, and all hope seems to be uh, pretty hopeless. But Chizkiyahu and the people are remaining faithful to God, remaining faithful to the message of Isaiah, the message that Yeshayahu stated at this very time that I started this podcast with. The final verse for today, the end of this chapter, Vayavo el Yakim ben Chilkiah, these are the three officials that led the delegation to talk to Rav Shakeh. They came back El to Vigadim with their clothing torn. And they told him what it was that Rav Shakeh said. So here we now um, are at this very dire point, and we have this clash of civilizations, this clash of, of worldviews. It's, is it power and might 
Is it uh, oppression? He who is stronger is going to lead. Or can a people say, we are going to remain faithful to, to, to justice. We are going to remain faithful to righteousness. We are going to be the ones that are ashru chamotz, that straightens out that which is cru- corrupt and crooked. And we are going to stand up to that against all odds, even if it means going to our deaths. This is, the, this is how this, this um, debate is being portrayed by the prophets here in this chapter, and we will see how this will play out as we read through the next chapters. Thank you so much for studying chapter 18 with me. Looking forward to studying chapter 19 and the rest of this wonderful book of Kings. Thank you.